I'm Pastor Patrick, and, and I get the great privilege and honor of uh, introducing Brad, as Jaden had talked about a little bit. But Brad and I, our circles are becoming closer and closer every time uh, we get a conversation and get to talk. And God's story is in both of us, and our stories start to overlap more and more. So I'm super excited that Brad's here to share. Um, one thing that Brad and I have in common you'll hear about is, is we get to both work with students in similar and different ways. Um, it's a great job of communicating, great job of, of presenting the gospel and of your story yeah. and God's grace through all of it um, to students. Uh, and it's the same message that we get to bring kids on a weekly basis. And it's phenomenal to have you here. I'm excited to, to have you present to these people and uh, share as part of your story and God's grace. And we're excited to have you here. So, Brad, thank you. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. Yeah, I'm excited to be here as a guest speaker and share my story and talk a little bit about the awesomeness of our God. And also at the end of my message, as Patrick kind of referenced, I get the opportunity of traveling and speaking and sharing in schools, sharing the gospel. And I'll share kind of about that ministry at the end. I also want to say thank you, Jaden, for sharing about the connection here to Open Church. Uh, part of that what makes it kind of unique as well is that I'm actually from Ohio. I'm not from this area at all. So, uh, but I am here for the reason of my wife. I just got married about two months ago to Brittany, formerly Polky, who is actually from the Wilmer area. So it is good to be back in uh, Minnesota. So I don't know about you, church, but I believe that God is a unique story writer. And I believe he is writing a unique story in each of our lives with his grace. And I plan to give testimony to that this morning. Uh, My encouragement for you would be to consider how God is writing that unique story in your life with his grace. And so to begin, I'll start with my story and I'll start with a question. And the question is this. What if in the blink of an eye... You lost both of your hands. How would you respond? How different would your life be? Well, that unfortunately became my reality after just finishing my sophomore year of high school. It was one afternoon. I got a call from a good friend of ours named Keenan. He was calling to see if my twin, Chris, and I would be interested in working at his dad's factory. Uh, We were kind of excited about this. We were helping out a friend. We hesitated because we had to work third shift that night. But we thought, yeah, we can handle this. So we said yes. So we jump in the car later that night. We drive over to the factory. And when we got there, we found out we would be operating a 500-ton power press. Now, basically what that is, I had no idea at the time, but it's this huge machine used to bend, form, and pierce sheet metal into car parts. And, of course, it takes a lot of force, a lot of power to do that. And I remember as we were sitting in our cars out in the parking lot, we could actually feel the vibrations of when that press would come down and stamp the metal inside. And I remember thinking, okay, like, what is this thing inside? And we walk into the factory. We get introduced to this massive machine. I wouldn't go quite to the ceiling in here, but it's about 20, 30 feet tall. They cut out the cement, buried it in the ground another five or six feet. Massive machine. But what we had to do, myself, my twin Chris, my good friend Keenan, wasn't anything difficult. It was a matter of moving some pieces of metal, roughly the size of a piece of paper, from one station of the press to the next. 
four different stations. So we'd step up to the press, move the piece of metal, step back. My friend Keenan had to turn his back to the press so he could reach over to push the buttons. That, of course, would activate the press. It would come down, stamp the metal, and then go back up. So we had a simple process. Everything was working well throughout the night. And it was about halfway through, about 2 o'clock in the morning. We moved the piece of metal, stepped back, and I noticed one of the parts wasn't quite lined up right. It was crooked. Of course, I knew that if the press would run, it was going to ruin that part. And so I just instinctively reached back in to adjust it, not knowing that my friend had already turned his back to push the buttons. And so as I'm reaching in, this 500-ton power press that you can feel running while standing in the parking lot comes down while both of my hands are inside. The first thing that I remember was not the physical pain or even a physical sensation. The first thing that I remember was hearing someone else scream at what they saw when they looked at me. And I remember having this real panicked feeling come up within me, knowing this is not good. How how did that happen? I need help. And I quickly left the press. I took off towards my boss. But before I got to him, I thought, I need to see how bad this is. And as I looked down, it was not good. Uh, In fact, it's a lot easier to try to show you as it is to try to explain. Uh, So if you don't mind, this is basically what I saw when I first looked down. I still remember looking down and and just seeing this for the first time, thinking, okay, I do not need to see that again. And my boss gets to me, and he's in shock at what he's looking at. Uh, I've never seen his eyes so white and so big. And he quickly leads me to his vehicle. We speed off to the hospital. And it wasn't a long drive, but there was enough time for me to start to think. And I just start to think about my life and how different it was going to be. And I was never going to play sports again. I was a real big athlete, three-sport athlete, uh, specifically in football. I broke a school record as a sophomore on the varsity football team. And I remember hysterically saying that out loud. I'm never going to play sports again. I'm never going to play sports again. I I so desperately wanted to go back just, just a couple of minutes and change what just happened. But I couldn't. And I don't know if you've ever done something or even said something where you instantly regretted it. And yet, no matter how bad you felt, you couldn't go back and change it. And I'm getting to the hospital, and I didn't stay there very long. I was in bad enough shape. The doctors bandaged their arms up, put me in a helicopter, and life-flighted me to a larger hospital. And it was there that I stayed for 11 days, going through multiple surgeries. And that was a low point, uh, just wondering what my future was going to be like, and uh, getting married, would I ever get married, would I be able to take care of myself, I was so dependent on everyone else around me all of a sudden. Uh, But I soon came home to start a new life without hands. Now think about that. How often do you use your hands? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like all the time, for everything. 
And oftentimes we don't even think about it. But something I had recognized and was witness of is that God was bigger than my accident, that he was greater than my loss, and certainly that his grace was sufficient. Now, I don't know what you think about when, when I say the word grace, what comes to mind for you, but there's a couple of things I think about. Uh, when I think about God's grace, I think about uh, his grace being good enough, like it's, it's, a, it's a goodness of God. It, it's his favor upon us. Uh, I, I love the acronym of grace. If you spell that out, it's God's riches at Christ's expense. So the worst about you and I placed upon Christ and the best about Christ placed upon us. It's the great exchange of the cross. But even more than that, when I think about God's grace, I think about our sufficiency. It's our enoughness. Uh, There's a verse in 2 Corinthians 9-8 that says, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every Good work. It is clear that God has what we need and that his grace is, in fact, sufficient. And so as I thought about my own life and, and certainly recovery of overcoming this accident and dealing with this tragedy, there's, there's a couple of areas that I was able to better recognize his grace and two ways that I want to encourage you to better recognize his grace in your own story. Uh, One of those is through the opportunities that God provides. God is constantly providing opportunities for us, oftentimes to do the very difficult thing that we don't think we can do. Uh, You know, for me, there's a lot of different examples, but coming back to play football was one of those examples. I, uh, my football coach, I didn't think I could play. My football coach came to the hospital and said, Brad, we would love to have you rejoin the team. We have no idea what that looks like, but come back out. We'll take it one step at a time. And so I make it out to a practice. His idea is that I would come back and start out as a place kicker and then ultimately work up to being the middle linebacker position I broke the record at. And so we start working through that. I get the opportunity to finally kick in a game. And this isn't the NFL. This isn't the long one. It's the PAT, the extra point after touchdown, 17 yards. So I run out in the field. I get this huge standing ovation from our fans. They're going crazy. They're excited about this big comeback moment. And so I run out in the field. All the guys get their positions. I take my steps, two back, one to the left, and I call for the ball. It's a good snap. I kick through the ball, and I miss it. And the entire stands, this is what they they respond with. (gasps) Oh! (laughs) Uh, To say it was a letdown was, was much more than that. But So I run off disappointed, and I go back to practice for a couple hours every day, and I get a second opportunity. I run back out in the field, another standing ovation from our fans. All the guys get their positions. I take my steps. I call for the ball. I kick through the ball, and I miss it again. (laughs) I run off disappointed. I go back to practice, right? I get a third opportunity, and third time's a charm. So I run back out in the field. The fans are on their feet. They're applauding for me. They're excited. All the guys get their positions. I take my steps. I call for the ball. It's a good snap. I kick through the ball. And this time, I miss it again. 
yeah, you're telling me this was awful. It's like, I don't even want to do this anymore. I'm embarrassing myself, let alone the team, right? That was pretty rough. And I don't know if you've ever had a situation where, you know, you may have a goal or a dream or an expectation of yourself, and yet you kept coming up short, like time and time again, and you're just starting to feel like, well, can I do this? Is this possible? Like, Lord, I, I thought this was the plan. What is going on? Well, you don't give up. You don't quit on those dreams. No, you stick with it. So I went back to practice. Two hours a day, five days a week. I get a fourth opportunity. So I run back out in the field. The fans, they are not cheering for me this time. They're like, are we supposed to keep clapping for this guy? Like, so I run out in the field. All the guys get their positions. I take my steps. And I call for the ball. It's a good snap. I kick through the ball and I make it. Yes! I run off. I am so excited. I'm jumping around. I give my coach a big hug. And the very first thing my coach says to me is, he says, you're done kicking. (laughs) If my kicker was one in four, I'd probably tell him the same thing. But he said, you're moving on to the next goal. I'm thinking, coach, like, are we going to celebrate? Like, this is a big deal. But his idea was to get back to that middle linebacker position. As I said, there was a different steps to get there. I did end up coming back, playing a little bit my junior year, ultimately restarting my middle linebacker position, led the team with 111 tackles, and even earned first team all Ohio for the state of Ohio. It was a phenomenal opportunity. But what I had learned is that when you want something, right, you put your focus on it, you lean in, and you relentlessly go after it. And so I would ask you, think about those opportunities, again, that, that God is providing you. Something that maybe is difficult, that you feel uncomfortable doing, that God maybe wants to stretch you. Uh, maybe it's to lead a small group. Maybe it's to share the light into someone's darkness. Uh, maybe it's to share your faith. Sometimes that can be a little difficult. It can be awkward and sometimes. But God wants to give you the grace to lift you up, that he might be glorified in you doing those difficult things. So think about those opportunities. A second thing that I think we can better recognize his grace in our lives is certainly through his provision. You know, God providing and meeting our needs, uh, oftentimes in ways that we don't even always recognize or even ask for. Uh, but hopefully we all have a track record. We can look back and we can see the different ways that God has intervened and, and met different needs of ours. Uh, one of the ways I feel so blessed is uh, having prosthetic hands. You know, there's, there's a lot with them. In fact, I get a lot of questions about the prosthetics, and so I'm going to put them back on, and I want to show you guys how these things work and even have you guys demonstrate that. So let me do this real quick. What I'm using here is hand sanitizer. It's nothing special, but I use it every day. works perfectly. little button here that actually turns it on. It also is a charging port. So there's internal batteries that it's kind of funny. I have to charge. I take my arms off at night. I plug them in at night. I charge them up all night. I always like to tell people, though, when I wake up, I am fully charged for my day. So. Yes. All right. They're alive. 
So they work off of certain muscles in my arm. I can just bend that muscle back and forth, and it triggers the hand to, to open and close because of the sensors. There's nothing built into my arm, but just those sensors over those certain muscles. Uh, but they work well. You know, I am able to take care of my home, do the maintenance, cut the grass, do all kinds of things around the house. I feel very blessed with them. Uh, but I would certainly say that even above beyond the material things that God can provide would be the immaterial things that he provides for us. Uh, like hope to enable us to see beyond our circumstances that we're in. Uh, certainly the peace that surpasses understanding. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that peace that I'm talking about, but there's a specific time that I had that moment where I was laying on the couch at home and I was alone and I really was dealing with the, the, the weight of my accident and the tragedy. And, and I remember just going to God and, and just in tears asking him why. Like, why did you let this happen? What am I supposed to do with my life now? And maybe you have asked God similar questions. And that you're, you're confused at what God is doing, or maybe what he's not doing in your life. Or maybe you're angry at God. Either way, I think there's something God would want you and me to know. And that is that God loves you. And that his grace is sufficient for you. You know, in that moment, as I was just praying and just crying out to God, I really felt his peace, I felt this calmness come over me. And it was almost as if Jesus was saying, Brad, I, I see you. I've got you. I am with you. God brought peace in the midst of this tragedy. And God is the one who makes peace. Not only does he want to give us an inner peace when tragedies like mine happen to us, but in an even bigger, and I would say a more important way, God wants to make peace with us. And he does that through Jesus. That Jesus came to this earth as God in human form, and he lived this perfect life for you and for me. And then he died for us. And the reason he did that to take away our sins, that we might be redeemed, that we might have a right relationship with God, paying the price for our rebellion against God. It's a remarkable act of love. And the best part of the story is three days later, he comes back to life demonstrating that he is God. And he has the power, the ability to give us a new life, eternal life, bring us into right relationship with him. And so, church, I don't know how you've come in this morning. If, if you're in a season of discouragement, uh, if your walk with the Lord is just out of step, uh, or maybe you're not in a relationship with the Lord. But today is the day of salvation. Today we can cry out to him. And as Jaden already said, there are, there are prayer groups in the back here. Uh, if, if you are in a place that you just want prayer, you want to be led in a prayer of salvation, uh, people will be back at the end of the service. They'd love to pray with you and do that. Uh, but it's my hope that we might better recognize his grace in our lives, that we can see how God is providing this hope, this peace, and this grace that sustains us every day, and that we might be encouraged to recognize those opportunities that God is providing, even the difficult things, that we might better recognize his grace, and certainly through his provision, that God has made a way to himself through Jesus. Church, I hope you've been encouraged. Um, one of the ways I've, I like to try to live this out, this grace that I've seen and witnessed and experienced, is through a full-time ministry. I get the opportunity of sharing my story and, and God's grace 
to students all across America. And so I get the opportunity to do that, and I, and I get questions about that. So I, what I did is put together five frequently asked questions about the ministry. And so I'm just going to briefly run through it and share what that is and what that looks like. And so a question that's often asked is, what is your mission field? Well, our mission field are public high schools and middle schools all across the United States. Another question that's often asked is, what is the vision of your ministry? And our vision is to reach students in public schools with the gospel. And we do that in a very strategic way. So I get invited in as a public speaker to the schools, and schools have public speakers all the time. I can't share my faith because it's during the day, but I have musicians that travel with me, and then we will hold a concert that night at the school in which I'm able to share my faith. I challenge the students to turn to Jesus, to trust him. And then we partner with local churches, churches just like this in the area, and that we get those students plugged into the local church, and then we also provide some resources that they can follow up with and grow in their relationship with Jesus. Next question, third question that people often ask about, is the ministry making an impact on students? And I would certainly say yes. We, we hear from students all the time. Another uh, avenue of reaching students is through social media. I had a student reach out to me after one of our concerts. She said this. Andy said, that was the best concert ever. I really liked what you said, Brad. Can you help me pray to God and ask him into my heart? How do I commit my life to him? And it, it's just a phenomenal experience to be able to go to a public school, share our faith, and for these students to have an impact, not just a momentary impact, but also an eternal impact. So certainly we see God working through the ministry, and we feel so blessed by that. A fourth question that people often ask is the ministry, how is the ministry funded? You know, how can you travel and, and share the gospel? Although this last year was a lot of virtual, we're doing a lot of traveling uh, this school year, it looks like, so we're excited about that. So we are, like most missionaries, in which it's our responsibility to seek out a team of people who not only believe in our ministry, but want to partner with us financially. And it really is that financial support team that enables us to do what we do, sharing the gospel with students. Uh, the last question that people often like to ask us, and we love to hear, how can I help? And I'm so glad you considered that question. So I, uh, there's a couple of ways I would certainly encourage you. One is, would you pray for us? We have difficult conversations with students all the time. And we, as we enter the students, this is an ocean of an opportunity. And we just invite you to pray for us uh, as we pray and as we reach into these uh, public schools. Second opportunity is would you consider partnering with us? Uh, we have a goal this year is to reach 200 partners at the two, uh, $20 a month partnership level. So 200 partners giving $20 a month. And I'm really excited because you have the opportunity to partner with us right now. Uh, in fact, there are some cards that are being passed out by some individuals here in just a moment. We have a short video as those individuals are passing out the cards. So if every household could grab a card, not every individual needs one, but every household grab a card, hold on to the cards. I'll be right back up and I'll explain those cards real briefly. And uh, we'll be right back with that. So roll the video, please. All right. 
So if you don't have a card, raise your hand and the volunteers will get you a card. But let's just run through this real quick here. On the front, you should have saw a black business card. You can pull that off. Keep that. That has my information, contact information. If you ever need to get a hold of me for any reason, you can do that. On the gray card, there are two options there. One, you can sign up to receive our e-newsletter. That's an email that will come out once a month. Uh, that keeps keep you up to date, how you can pray for us and that sort of thing. To sign up for that, simply check the box, write your name and email address, and then you can drop this card off at our table in the very back. You can't miss it as you leave. Second option is if you want to be one of those partners, those 200 partners, uh, and support us financially, you can do that by checking the box. And then you can see on here a couple different amounts, uh, the, 20 ship, the $20 partnership, the double partnership of 40 and the triple at 60 you can check one of those amounts, fill out the card completely, and then attach a voided check to this card, bring all of that back to our table, and that donation then would be transferred on the 20th of every month. If you ever need to make a change or cancel that, you're welcome to do that on your own, or just simply reach out to us, and we can do that at any moment's notice uh, very easily for you. Uh, we do are, are able to receive one-time donations. If you can't give at a monthly level and want to do a one-time donation, we gladly receive that at the table. Uh, but all of that, we just want to say a thank you as well. I wrote a book called how, um, Find a Way, How a Water Bottle Took Me from Amputee to All State. I have copies of my book at the table as well. And so just as a financial giving, we just say thank you with that book, and you can grab a copy of that as well at the table. Uh, I know this is a lot that I just shared here at the end. Uh, but if you have any questions, certainly if you didn't bring a voided check with you or you don't have your checkbook like me, I don't carry my checkbook everywhere, uh, what you would do is you would fill out the card completely, bring the card back to the table, and then we'd give you a self-dressed and stamped envelope, and then you can send in your voided check uh, when you get home at your convenience. Uh, we try to make it as simple and easy as possible. So if you have any other questions, by all means, stop back at the table, see me. I know I ran through a lot, but the last thing I would just say is that your giving to this ministry would be in no place of your giving here at this local church. Uh, this is something we'd receive above and beyond your giving at this local church. Uh, but with that, we again would want to say thank you uh, for the opportunity to be here. I, again, I hope you've been encouraged through my story and how God is working, and, and, I, and I already sense his presence here. And uh, I just hope that you've been encouraged to think about his grace and the opportunities and provision in your life. And so with that, let's close in prayer. Oh, Lord God, you are so good, and we just love you. Uh, we love the way that you provide for us and meet our needs and, and that we might depend on you. And pray, Lord, that uh, your grace would be fresh here, Lord, uh, that we would better recognize your grace in our lives, uh, the way that you care for us. God, we know that you are good. And you know that we know that you love us. And Lord, I just pray that uh, we would better recognize that and see that every day. Thank you for walking with us. Thank you for protecting us. And pray, Lord, that you would give us a good rest of this day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.